Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. We're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. And on this weekend's episode, you need to catch after you watch us here today or listen to us here today. Melinda and I cover the a tremendous amount of films that always seem to hit this time of the year because it's Oscar movie time plus also as well many movies striving to be a hit movie this weekend including aquaman 2 of course poor things the iron claw and more so go ahead and hear what we have to say about all the movies that are out this weekend coming up here on the pop culture cosmos you can check it out on the pop culture cosmos channel on youtube or wherever you get your podcast plus also as well of course Inside Sports Fantasy Football, if you need your inside fix, because it is Week 16 in the NFL, and you are in the playoffs, most likely, like Joe and I in our respective leagues for fantasy football, please go ahead and check out the advice that we give for this weekend in the NFL. Also, speaking of Joe, go ahead and check out what he's doing at LakersBall.com. You know he's interacting with all the great people there at LakersBall.com, a Sox team 47 and you know he's doing those last-minute orders for the holidays through Symblades, Symblades with a Y.com. Of course, our good friends at Lakerholics.com. Hopefully, Jamie Sweet is doing well, traveling for the holidays, and also as well, Laker Tom. Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. Go ahead and check out what he has to say at Lakerholics.com. Of course, our good friends, Empire Jeff TV. Also as well, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights. Larry Lakers dribbling chit chat, John McCallion channel, and of course, Lakers in five. And also, as well, big shout out to Lakers Corner. There you go. Absolutely. They, well, John has been doing a great job stopping by on our show, but also check out the conversation that he had with Joe and I yesterday before the Minnesota game. We had some pretty big things to say. Go ahead and check that out on Lakers Corner. And speaking of supporting channels, please support this channel if you haven't already. Like and subscribe. Leave comments below if you're watching this after the fact. It does help the algorithms and the YouTube-isms and all the other-isms right there for you at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. 
Zangerstein, in order to answer to my question for the day, are the Lakers just too tired as they head into Oklahoma City to continue this lump of coal in their stocking known as this current road trip, which has been nothing but downer after downer after downer. Actually, this whole week has been a downer if you include the Knicks game as well. So LeBron, the coach, Darvin Ham, and other players on the team have all cited fatigue as being one of the main reasons why that they're just not able to go ahead and gel. They've also said they haven't been able to practice enough, but you know what? They don't seem to practice much during the season anymore. And that goes for any NBA team. So I don't know how much I could use as an excuse, but speaking of excuses, is fatigue a factor from doing so much and spending so much energy on trying to win the NBA cup? We will discuss that today with the guy that is the biggest naysayer in all this. He is a good man indeed. He is proudly wearing his L.A. jacket right there for you. The L.A. Dodgers signers of over a billion dollars in contracts this offseason. It is Joe Soro. And Joe, great to have you here. Magic Man will not be here today. Uh, get well soon, my friend. I Hopefully he's going to try to make it tomorrow for tomorrow's show. But I wanted to go ahead and ask you, my friend. You've been hearing it. You've been seeing it on the on Twitter. You've been reading it in the articles. You know, they're, they're starting to go ahead and throw excuses because the Lakers have lost, what, five out of the last six and barely won that, fifth, that, that single game in San Antonio. And they've all cited excuses, excuses, excuses. And the biggest and most prevalent excuse has been they just spent so much energy on that NBA Cup that they just have not been able to get their win back. And I don't know, my friend, again, uh, maybe you could use it for as far as the NBA letdown. I I mentioned that after the NBA cup, that there might be a emotional letdown. And yet they did spend a lot of energy. We were talking, you were amazed at how fast LeBron was running back and forth during that semifinal and final game. But still, again, with all that said and done, this is the NBA regular season. It doesn't stop for anyone, and it's certainly not stopping for the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, I'm not buying that because six out of the seven games are regular season games that they would have played anyways. And if their excuse is that they are fatigued because they played so hard, well, you're telling me that you don't play you won't you don't play hard unless it's some kind of a incentive tournament. Seems like they're inferring that just a little bit. Okay, so I'm trying to understand uh, what is the point of the regular season? Isn't it to get a good seating so you can control your destiny a little more with home court advantage? Why isn't that? And how are you, how are professional athletes making as much money as they're doing? How are they tired? A lot of these guys are young. Explain to me what this means. You know, we talked I mean, about LeBron. You can, maybe you can let that slide because at 38, I, I'm going to bring this up again because I want to make sure that this is very, very clear for the future. Because when we get really popular and somebody wants to find dirt on what we're saying, right? Oh, they will, which, which isn't dirt really. I, I don't give a flying rat's behind. I'm saying what I'm saying. I'm going to say it. There's, there's no other way, but it needs to be clear because. You do have Dunskis out there that don't understand and interpret things very well. When we criticize the players and the coaches, we criticize them 
as the athlete and the coach. I, Gerald, Sean, Zangerstein, whomever on this show, whether a spectator or a person that, that speaks, we are not going to go onto Twitter like cowards and harass people's kids, aunts, uncles, fathers, brothers, all that garbage that continues to happen. And the reason why all this stuff goes on in social media, all this censorship, is because of you a-holes. Because now we're stuck. Now we're stuck. Well, it's their right to say something. Yeah, I know. It's also the right to defend my house. But I also can't go out with an M16 and start shooting up the neighborhood either. So, you know, because I'm worried about somebody breaking in the house. You know, there's a there's common sense. Common sense. Focus. The criticizing of Darvin Ham is strictly off basketball. I don't know his family. I don't know who he is at home. I don't know what he did 10 years ago at his previous job. Uh, really, I don't give a flying who, who he is in his personal life. And I'm not bothering him. He's not bothering me. That's it. However, when it comes to this, this kind of dialogue, the first sign of loser is in mentality. The mentality of a loser is excuses. Especially when you're a professional athlete in the kind of shape you're in. And for me to buy into that in 29 games, you're already fatigued. Then you obviously are not preparing your team on how to play basketball. You're not you're not in, making sure your teams are in shape. Why, why is it I hear every time I hear about anything in Miami is Pat Riley's got those guys in shape. They're always in tip-top shape. They're always focused. They always kick it up a notch towards the end of of the year, especially during the playoffs. Now, they haven't been able to get through to the finals because the the East has much, much more inferior teams versus the West, and that happens. But why is it that – what is Miami doing that's different? You don't think Miami's just as distracting, Gerald, if not more, than L.A.? As a matter of fact, it is. I've been to Miami. Believe me when I say this. It's much easier – it's much easier to not go to the courts and go do other things. Believe me when I say that. It's much harder in L.A., a lot of traffic, uh, much more of a concrete jungle than Miami. Miami has a little bit more tropical to it, you know. So what is it? Explain to me what this fatigue is. I don't buy it. It's an excuse. It's a loser's mentality. And... I am going to criticize Darvin Ham's basketball acumen at this point. Not who he is, not who his family is, not where he lives. His basketball decisions and the way he carries himself the, right now. And right now, this team has a loser mentality, a, a half-ass mentality, and this is the result the last 10 days. In the last 10 days, they've gone 1-5, and five, and that one win – was this close to being a loss because they went half-assed in the fourth quarter. So what's the deal here? What's going to change? Are they going to go on a 10-game winning streak after the new year when they feel like they're not tired anymore? When are they not going to be tired? When? 
the, the season doesn't stop till mid-April. And you have, what, a six-day break during the All-Star game? Like, yeah, that's what, what does that even mean? It's, it's a joke. <laughs> Absolute joke. I'm Once putting again, it lightly. I'm putting it lightly because I am in the holiday mood right now. Otherwise, I'd be probably <laughs> using much more vulgar words. I don't blame you, my friend. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrow along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. Well, if that's the case, my friend, then one of the other things that has been shouted out, as Zangerstein is trying to point out to a lot of people outside of the fatigue factor, is Darvin Ham's rotations. Kurt has mentioned it, saying himself that he thinks the earth has less rotations than Darvin Ham's coaching. That's a good one. Oh, I actually has more rotations than Darvin Ham in a game. So I thought that was a pretty good. That was very pointed by Kurt. But when it comes to the discussion on that, I'll I'll read what Zangerstein sent us yesterday. Delo, despite performances, you know, despite the fact he's been really lousy as of late, he's getting so many minutes. He played almost 40 minutes in the last game. Ham said that he only gave Austin 27 minutes because he wants to keep him fresh. Maybe keep Prince fresh too. He plays way too much for his own good. The team tried tonight without LeBron, but if they could win, if this, but they could win if Darwin would stop that trio, uh, trio of D'Lo, Prince, and Reeves. Yes, D'Lo cans threes late, threes late, but that trio gave up the same amount of points. Cam playing the four with Cat on the court. I don't get Ham's rotations ever. Without LeBron and Gabe, he played both Wood and Hayes together. Why did he not play them more last game? Again, my friend, it's there's growing, growing frustration with Darvin Ham's coaching, his rotations, and the people he tries when, where, and under what situations always seems to be under a microscope. A microscope, and it just does not look good from what I'm seeing as well. And looks just basically right now, what it seems like is just that he's just trying to throw darts and seeing what sticks. Uh, yeah, I could, I, uh, that actually might be worse if I found out that he's actually trying to throw darts to see what sticks. Which is sad for right now, 29 games in, like you said. No, the issue, the issue is mentality. Uh, Darvin Ham has a, I hate to use the word loser mentality. It's not, that's not the word. It's more of a defeatist attitude. He's the kind of guy that just is way in over his head and and doesn't know really what he's doing in terms of a coach, a head coach. We told you the signs were there. The moment I heard him open his trap last year during media day, when you hear cliches, folks, this goes for anything in life. Uh, when you start, and, and there's plenty of successful, successful people, rich people who make a living being cliche or, mundane i'm not saying that you can't make it doing that but what ends up happening is is at some point you get found out you get found out at some point when you're fake and when you're fake you're gonna get burned more when 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 things get hot really burned uh, a lot of the things going on in society, the reason why they, they they go about the way they go is because 
a lot of people have skeletons in their closets and then when they get found out they get stranglehold or they get a stranglehold on put on them and then they got to kind of submit to what that person who knows wants them to do and there's a lot of discussions where Darvin Ham is not necessarily the guy that's making the calls. Now, let's say that's true. Let's say there's some analytical BS going behind the scenes. Uh, to me, analytics play a part in any business. You know, you want to pay attention to, okay, if I spend this much money on marketing, there's going to be this much that comes back, which is understandable. You want to go with the analytics on that. But then what do you do with what comes with those analytics? How do you manage those things, whether they're leads to a business, whether there's uh, statistics uh, on particular players that are and enhance their play? So what if he's indeed looking at it from an analytical standpoint, why are his parts not working? Why isn't he putting the best team available? on the court. And I, 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 my next point is the, the, the most effective lineup last year was uh, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Vando, LeBron, and AD. Why aren't they using that lineup more if it was successful before? Is it that Vando's gotten worse? Is it now that the, 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 the teams that saw it last year have they adapted to it and are able to work around it have you i don't remember seeing that lineup a lot this year so i'm going to start paying attention to see if we can see that more to see if that's indeed what what's going on but i'd like to see that lineup now that i'm that that's some research here in the last day or so on if that might be something that would work because you kind of get a chance to see two defensive players two offensive players and then, of course, LeBron kind of evened each other out. The problem, though, I would say more, more than anything is DeAndre Russell is, is really, really from I, – I can't put any blame on, on Darwin on this. This is, this is strictly on DeAndre Russell. DeAndre Russell is, a, is really, really hurting this team by just not doing the things that he should be doing. He should be uh, orchestrating this offense to some degree – and making shots that he is capable of making. We know he's not going to shut anybody down on defense. We get that. But his offense can can balance out the, the, fish, the, the, the deficiencies in his defensive game. And, of course, not having Gabe Vincent playing really put uh, uh, just a monkey wrench in this whole thing because we get, the Lakers got him for those reasons, if D'Angelo wasn't working, which we knew he would do this, he'd play two on, two off, one, one, whatever, three on, one off. We knew he wouldn't be every day, day in and day out. So you had a backup point guard who could kind of cover that that basis, but we don't. We got another lemon out of Miami, and it's gotten worse. So it's it's not all on Darvin, but most of it is. His rotations, if you call them rotations, are just not effective. Uh, the team has a has a defeatist attitude. It's a weak attitude. It's players that don't assert themselves as any kind of leader. So you you get this bunched up kind of tossed salad of stuff that that just doesn't have any flavor in it. You know, a bunch of lettuce 
bunch of cut up bell peppers and maybe some 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 bland tomatoes and just not, nothing of any dressing. No no dressing, no salt, no pepper. It's a bland salad right now and it's just not doing anything for anyone. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, So you had watched The Tomorrow War before The Matrix. Yes. If you forced me down, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. (laughs) Well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks, to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Sorrow along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. We're talking about the Lakers right now before tomorrow as they head into Oklahoma City to go ahead and face off against the Thunder to close out this road trip, this holiday road trip, which hasn't been so joyous of a holiday season for the Los Angeles Lakers. When it comes to it, everybody's providing their suggestions, Joe, as far as the rotations are concerned trying to say, well, this rotation should work better. Ham doesn't play enough. This rotation works player. This Ham doesn't play him enough. This player doesn't play in the rotation very much or as much as they should. This should be the fix for the Lakers. I'm beginning to think right now, Joe, from what we're seeing, I don't see it as the right mix right now. Either it's because of an attitude, whether it's because of a uh, just fatigue factor that they're claiming, whether it's just because of lack of energy, whatever you want to say, or just whatever the factors are as far as their talent is concerned, they're not getting the job done in this current configuration. So it is looking more and more like come February, more changes need to be made. The changes from a uh, player standpoint are, are are actually bigger than even the deal, the guard issues. The guard issues actually aren't as dire as it is when when AD sits. Uh, Christian Wood, when Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes are, are in the lineup, uh, they're pretty putrid. Uh, their net rating is terrible. Uh, it, it doesn't allow AD any kind of, you want to talk about fatigue. Uh, I think there's a mental fatigue from for someone like, obviously, LeBron, who's been in the league for a while. And then AD, knowing that when he sits, he can never really truly sit and relax. The acquisitions of those two players isn't something I'm going to harp on, on on Rob with because, again, there's only so much you can do with the current uh, salary setup. But the Lakers are probably going to have to figure out if there's something uh, out there that they can get with what little assets they do have. Uh, it doesn't look good, though. They do need a big that's actually serviceable, someone that knows his role, 
someone that maybe can back him up. It's just um, unfortunately, Jackson Hayes is such a liability in just basic basketball fundamentals. It, it becomes very difficult to set up any kind of offense in an offense that doesn't really have a setup to begin with. So how are you going to allow him to be in the best position possible? Jackson Hayes couldn't have gone to a worse team with his skill set, with a Darvin Ham offense, because you can't, when, when do we see him getting any kind of alley-oops? That's his game. You need to get the ball above the rim for him. That's the guy, you know, you look at, let's say, when you were looking at the offense with uh, JaVel McGee, you noticed when he used to start games, he played, what, 10, 15 minutes a game, right? And he'd always get some kind of alley-oop every other game. That threat, in a lot of ways, is just as important than just the actual alley-oop. He was long. He knew his role. He played it to a T. The coaching and the, the system allowed him to use his strengths. Uh, you throw in the, uh, Dwight Howard, you were able to use him. And if you watch the playoffs that year, you can see how each one of those guys would be playing one series and not playing the other based off those strengths. There's not enough of that going on. And maybe maybe it's not going to happen with these two guys. Maybe JaVel McGee and Dwight Howard were just much better players and better at adapting to what 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 needed to be done at the time. And I... I I just I, I can't say anything positive in, 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 the, in the sense of where their brain is at this point. Their mind is very, very, very negative. It's very negative with this we're tired garbage. And it's an excuse machine that shouldn't be there. I don't I don't I don't accept it and I never will, especially not even 30 games into the season. You should not be fatigued right now. I don't know where this is coming from. Well, I'll tell you what, though, it's funny because Bliv Group was in the uh, chat. Said, like, "Why don't you give that big white kid a chance?" What's his name? Colin Castleton, and uh, nice kid called Colin Castleton. Uh, you know, somebody who's actually played very well in the G League. But Joe, we saw the last time the Lakers gave him any substantial time out there during the first half. I'm not talking about garbage time. I'm talking about actual legitimate time to go ahead and get a chance to go out there and he got absolutely destroyed by Alperin Sengun. And if you're going to get destroyed by Alperin Sengun, God help you. If you want to throw him out there against uh, some of the other heavyweights that are out there in the Western conference, my friend. Unfortunately, Castleton is a little not bit ready. High. He's yeah, not ready. Not, not ready by any, by any means. Uh, uh, speaking of, Robert Sacre. Sacre might actually play, might have played better with this team than even than Castleton. And that's not a, to be negative towards Castleton. He's just not ready. Uh, JHS is not ready. I know some have been talking about you playing him more. Unfortunately, JHS at this point. Might... He's been out. Well, let me say this. He's been out the almost the entire season with either a, a knee injury and now a back injury. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen someone have a back injury not doing anything. He's sitting too long on the bench, Joe. And that does happen, by the way. That does happen. Your your back and sedentary uh, lifestyles tend to make the body weak. That's why it's always good to keep moving. And we, the Lakers didn't do themselves any service in the draft, unfortunately, with anyone that could be of any importance to this particular team. The development wasn't 
a high priority. The the coaching staff that they have right now isn't. Uh, I know Phil Handy gets a lot of praise in the development side of things, but I tend to think that might be a little overrated. Again, assistant coaches mean nothing to me. Assistant coaches are like third base coaches to me. They're just they're a dime a dozen. I don't I don't see any value in assistant coaches in the NBA other than uh, doing the tasks that the, the the head coach can't do. That's what they do. That's why they're there. They might see something during the game that they can inform their uh, coach and their players with, but there's, there's nothing there that players that are actually playing can't do themselves as well. Uh, and if you don't believe me, you guys can watch most of the NBA back in the day. You only had a head coach and maybe an assistant coach. So just you know, kind of leave it at that. Uh, it's a player's league. It'll, yeah. It's always been a player's league. If the players are going to ad- adopt their head coach's fire, well, that fire right now is a very low-lit candle. And this is supposed to be a guy that's supposedly a masculine type. It's funny how... <laughs> it's funny how when 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 the pressure is on, how little that, that strength... Is, is is there <laughs> losing turns you into a, a small little ball and it doesn't help by continuing to, to support that small ball with excuses these are things that i look at these are the things that trigger my irritation if they were competing and losing and frustrated that they're losing they hit a dead patch that happens and i get it but the answer that I was hoping for is we're just not, we're not clicking right now and we're going to get this thing fixed. It happens in an 82 game season. I remember the best regular season team I've seen in my time as a Laker fan, the 2000 Lakers, they had a 19 game winning streak, a 16 game winning streak and an 11 game winning streak. And if, if Phil Jackson didn't kind of punt the last two games of the year, they had a chance to go 69 and 13 and match their uh, their record from 1972. But they had a little stretch that cost them 70 games that year. They lost six out of eight. Even that team hit a week. I'm sorry, I should say two weeks where they just were, just were kind of not getting it. But at the same time, they were so far ahead at that point, having a bad week or two is is, is justifiable. This team has no room to punt games. They were 14 and nine. Who did they think they were to give off that impression that they, oh, well, uh, we'll go ahead and not worry about this. They lost three games they should have won. Yesterday's game, you could say going into the number one seeds den where they've lost only one game. Hey, we'll take that, that loss, but play well, right? Okay. But by losing the other three, it made the, the, the loss last night even bigger. And it's going to make it even worse tomorrow night if they lose because now you're going to go play Boston in front of your home crowd on Christmas. And you're going to get probably waxed by the Celtics. And you're going to be on a six-game losing streak. You're going to be under 500 after all that tournament stuff that you're yapping about. 
This team, though, Joe, it's the thing is like, let's give Rui some more time. Give Rui some more time. He'll, we don't he'll, have time. We don't have is, time. Thing is, give Colin Castleton some time. We don't have time. And you guys mentioned the, the Dodger checkbook. Looks like Friedman has stopped thinking about waiting anymore. You just you just dropped a bill point one. A bill on two generational players. Overpaid on both. Why? Because we have one World Series when we should have three or four. That's when I know you're serious. That's when you're like, wait a minute. This has to stop. We can't keep losing in the first round when we win 100 freaking games. So when is that moment going to happen for the Lakers? Are they going to continue to whine and cry about being tired? How the F are you tired? It's been not even 30 games. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're, even, you're not even practicing. So what are you tired about? Why are these chumps tired? Chumps. Chumps. And I'd say it to their face. And this has nothing to do with your personal life. If you're tired after 29 games and you're 25, 27, 30, and you're getting paid 17 and 30 million a year, you are a chump. And if your coach is saying that that you're tired and he's not conducting any practices on top of that, that coach is double a chump. Because it makes zero sense. How are you tired? What the F are you doing? You need to be called out. There are a lot of people out there who are paying a lot of money to watch you chumps play, yet you're tired. And that's probably why. Let me say this, Joe. So you don't take the fact in that both Indiana and Lakers are combined three and three and ten since the NBA cup. So you don't buy any of that. You don't buy any of the fatigue factor or anything of like that. You don't find that they spent so much energy, both those teams getting to the NBA cup and then playing in the NBA cup. You don't think that there should be a fatigue factor at all of that. How can it be 29 games into the season? Six of those games out of the seven are regular season games. What exactly were they doing? They were playing hard only in those seven games. I just think it might be actually what you're just saying right there, that they might've played hard specifically or harder specifically in those games, as opposed to what they do through the course of regular. Why aren't they able to play hard right now for every game? That's what they do for a living. I don't understand it. Where, where's the logic in that, that, in that discussion? I've told, I've, I've brought out statistics on, on players who, who had less advantages, less medical advantages, less nutritional advantages, less travel uh, accommodations. Yet, why were those, and playing for less money, why were they able to not be tired after 29 games? Matter of fact, most of those guys played 82 games. Well, Joe, the game is much faster, and the game is much, much more uh, rigorous, much more rigorous, much more faster. Okay. Um, you shoot threes all day. I've played basketball before. I may have not played in the NBA, but I played basketball. Usually when you get three-point happy, it's because it's much easier to shoot than to go down in the block and take the punishment. It, it, it exerts more energy. And then on top of that, you're telling me you're not practicing. So you're not practicing. 
You're not going down the block for 40 minutes. You're actually just shooting half the time. Most of these guys are playing, what, 20? They were talking about Austin Reeves only playing, what, 27 minutes? And he kind of half-heartedly in the interview say, well, you know, I'd like to play 48 minutes, but that's not really realistic. If you kind of listen to the tone in his voice, you can tell he wants to play more. So you're telling me these professional athletes making 14, 17, 30 million dollars. LeBron's the only exception. 21 seasons, there's always an exception to the rule. He's the exception. If he wants to take a game off, the only problem is they they picked the wrong damn game. You know, they picked the wrong game. They needed LeBron for the Minnesota game, not Chicago. So again, that's another just dumb decision on on the Lakers part. The what at what point are you going to be, uh, I don't know, ready to play game in and game out? When? In February? In March? When you're 10 games out? Then, just like you do with games, you allow the team to have a 10, 12-point lead. Then you come out with some fake-ass freaking comeback that ends up coming up short. Why? Because as soon as you get the ball at the end of the game and it's a tie game or you're down by one, LeBron gets the ball, goes to the hoop, Passes it to freaking Torian Prince. And guess what happens after that? Or Cam Reddish. I'm just telling you, Joe, that... Are are we killers? Is the killer mentality over is what I want to know. It seems to be, Joe. Okay. So now I'm going to embrace technology, nutrition, advantages, all that stuff. That should allow you to be more ferocious. Because the discussion is always hovering, right? What would this player do in this era? What would this player do in that era? Could you imagine Michael Jordan with the advantages in technology, the advantages in nutrition, and the travel in this era? No hand check on top of it? I'm just telling you right now. With his competitive drive? Kobe? Kobe doesn't get enough credit for starting the perimeter three culture he's the one that started that in a lot of ways when you look back on the game imagine now if the offenses are geared towards that Kobe might have averaged 40 points a game in this era I have a very good feeling that he would but you know you have to continue to use history to explain what's going on now I'm not understanding how you have every advantage you're making more money than any anybody's ever made before you have all these extra things that you can build your body up to, to be better and recover better, yet you're making more and more excuses on not playing and sucking. How does that make any sense? To this extent, Joe, no. I said right after the NBA Cup, I actually had a show and asked and pondered the question, would there be an emotional letdown? I figured there would be for the next game. But to have it last this long, especially with LeBron having missed two games of rest, AD having missed a game of, uh, for rest, the excuses start to run dry. You know, when it came to the San Antonio trip, the San Antonio trip should have been two easy blowout wins done. The Dallas game, like the first game back after winning the NBA Cup, you and I both are going to give them a pass on that because they played actually pretty good and should have actually won that game, but they didn't. But you know what? It's because, like you said, Dallas shut the lights out. Lakers were still a little bit let down coming off the high of the NBA Cup. Fine, but to continue this long and still provide those excuses that their entire team, like you said, this late in the season, I can't let that fly either. 
I don't let that fly either. But when it comes to the coaching, again, when it comes to what we saw last season with pretty much a lot, a great majority of this lineup in the mix, Darvin Ham was able to find right combinations to use at the right times up until the Denver series. Now he's not. Whatever combinations he's using is absolutely wrong for the particular instant at hand. He either has a team out there that can score a little bit but can't play D, or he gets a team out there that can play a better D but can't score or shoot. He can't find the right mix of both, and that seems to be the problem out there, Joe. He's just not able to go ahead and find the right mix when we need it the most. Because he's not capable of creating it. He's not He's not capable of uh, inspiring these players, and most aren't. Darvin Ham is not the first head coach that wasn't able to uh, enhance his team's emotion focus. It's very hard in the NBA. His job is very difficult, and it's double the difficult part with, with being a Laker head coach. And that plays a huge part on why the Lakers have had such massive duds as head coaches. It's just it's difficult to find a head coach in the NBA that actually can connect. These guys are all always making more money than the coach. There's a huge ego. You know, Shaq, Shaq uh, had a phenomenal career. Shaq is one of the all-time greats. Uh, but in the end, and I'm and I, I've I've somewhat heard him kind of hint at this too, without being too deliberate. But Shaquille left a lot on the table. Shaq should have been the best center of all time. Agreed. I mean, without a doubt. And even with his laziness, even with his uh, inability to not be uh, a stubborn ass with coaches that he didn't respect, uh, whether it was Pat Riley or Brian. Um, Totally went blank. Uh, Orlando coach Brian, uh, what's his name? Uh, as far as uh, the Orlando coach in '95. Oh, uh, in '95, Brian Hill. Brian Hill. There you go. Guys like that, and then of course he isn't was he seen, assistant on Pop Staff? I don't remember. I don't know. I haven't checked, but uh, I don't think so. But uh, he'd say, he, he would say things in interviews like, well, if you haven't done it, then I'm not really going to have a lot of respect for you. Well, he didn't have a lot of respect for Pat Riley, and Pat Riley had won enough to deem that respect. Problem is with, with, with Shaq is he's, he's, he's going to be Shaq, and it's always the double-edged sword. The same thing that makes you great sometimes is your, big, is your biggest weakness. So in this particular situation, Darvin Ham should never have been hired to, to, to be the coach here. The question now is, what would what would have changed? What would have what should have changed? I don't think anything should have changed, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Frank Vogel already proved that he can win a championship as a head coach, and you didn't have anyone that was better than than him at that moment. Now he's struggling now in Phoenix, but I'm not sure that's entirely his. From what I'm seeing, a lot of it has to do with that lineups, those lineups that they throw out there and the fact that you've got a lot of minimum salary players running around there on the court with that big three. Oh, and, by the way, when they're in there. Right. And that's not something that's a surprise. There was that fear. And on top of that, your third star is never available. So now you're, you, you created this. And again, I'm going to do this a lot. I am in the Chris Farley mode. Stop calling things a super team, for God's sakes. Enough of the stupid super team. 
There is no super teams. There is nothing. Okay, the Phoenix Suns were never a super team because you got Durant, Bradley, and Booker. There's a reason why Beal was available. There is a reason why Durant has played for four teams. There's a reason why this was going to be an issue because Devin Booker doesn't really play good defense. He's okay, but he doesn't play great defense. So now you're giving Frank Vogel, who's a defensive guy, his number one star who doesn't really play defense, Kevin Durant, who's long in the tooth. He's not going to be able to play stout defense. He's going to just use his – Not during the season, right? though. Not during the season. Then you have someone like Bradley Beal who doesn't play defense even when he's healthy and is never healthy. And then when you have those contracts, you can only play the rest of the team as merry minimums, as they used to call the Lakers team back in the early 2000s. So you're setting up Frank Vogel for being unsuccessful, essentially. Why why did they mistreat him here in L.A. after even winning a championship? Why? Because that's how they are. They think, oh, well, we could just put anybody out there. We have LeBron and, and, and AD. Well, I, I I saw a Frank Vogel coach team two years in a row almost take out. I know almost doesn't mean anything, but to take out LeBron and his prime prime almost, they were this close. Just a, a, a free throw would have changed that possibly. That team was constructed to play defense. Play defense a certain way. That's Frank Vogel's attributes. Reason why the Lakers were winning in 2020, and of course in 2021, before AD got hurt in the playoffs, you had those defensive guys like uh, KCP and 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 uh, Caruso and and AD. And we all got greedy, guys. We need to be put as the blame as well. I remember the 2021 season vividly. There were times where we went into these lulls on offense. And we all wanted more of the offense the following year. Maybe that will help us. And you can see that that was the death. That was the death nail for the for this particular Laker team, the LeBron and AD era. It was thinking in those terms. The team thought it the same way. LeBron thought it. Obviously, the, the Nets trade played a huge part in kind of really pushing that through with Harden going to Brooklyn because now they're worried, oh, shoot, we're going to have to deal with the Nets we better get our third guy, otherwise we're going to be in trouble in June. Thought way too ahead. And they, all they had to do was just take a deep breath. Again, I, we can sit here and we can do whatever we want here, right? We're fans. We're we're not we're not in the trenches. Yeah, we know basketball. Yeah, we know how an offense runs. We know the talent evaluation to some degree. But you guys are in it. This is your job. This is what you're getting paid millions of dollars to do. They made a major mistake that cost the Lakers multiple championships for the AD LeBron era. And right now it's, they're reeling because there's a combination of, there's a coach uh, that, that shouldn't be there. And then you have players that are just not the right parts for this team to have any kind of depth or any kind of long-term success. So funny because Frank uh, is a Dallas fan. <laughs> he's, uh, he's asking if we'll trade LeBron. Uh, LeBron won't want to be traded unless he wants to, but he's also talking about how, uh, Mavs hiring kid defensive uh, coach uh, instead of you know trying to coach an offensive talent like Luca, but then again, kid is the same guy who said he's just a fan watching the game like all of us, and of course we have a coach that loves to put his hands in his pockets all the time and not try to go ahead and actively 
voice his opinions out there on the court, trying to go ahead and see what he can do. I've seen coaches, Joe, in my lifetime who are active out there, both in the huddle, but also out trying to manipulate the referees, trying to manipulate the game as best they can, calling out plays, making sure that the team is always in the best position to succeed as possible. I don't see that with Darvin Ham. I think that's part of the problem as well. It's just too passive. It's absolutely too passive. The, the, you want a team and you want a coach that's that's actively getting in your face, reminding you exactly where you need to be at all times, Joe. Yeah, the optics are not good. And a lot of times that over-exuberance can also be a little fake as well. It gets. I know it can get old depending on who you, but, you know. You, but you see the, your team say that gets a little bit tiring. Yeah, like Nick Nurse, if, for instance. I'll, yeah, I'll leave but that. If, yeah, but if you're, if you're not practicing, then you're not – your flow is just coaching. Not... It's coaching. Yeah, absolutely. Coaching standing there with your hands in your pockets is not coaching. Yeah. Standing, that. standing with, with your hands in your pockets, even in a normal setting is a sense of inadequacy. I told you, uh, you stay, you put your hands in your pockets when you're waiting for something, you want to put your hands somewhere where you're just stationary when you're active and you're involved in a sequence what, why, when, when are you, what, what's, what, putting your hands in your pockets is a, is the ultimate sign of just, do you belong here? I don't think you belong here. Looking somebody in the eye when you speak in our culture here in America, you look somebody in the eye when you talk to them. It's very difficult for people to do that. There's sensory issues there for a lot of people. There's anxiety there. You can see it in discussions a lot of times, you know, and if you have any kind of presence, it's even worse. You almost can sense that they are uncomfortable. And that to me is an advantage to you as the person who's staring at somebody, because no one is ever going to say, why are you looking at me in the eye while you speak to me? No one will ever say that to you because it doesn't make any sense. I'm talking to you. I'm going to look at you. But instead, you get a lot of guys that are doing this kind of stuff while they're talking. And now a lot of times, that'll tell you a lot about who they are. So when someone sits there and says something like, let's say they're doing an interview for a head coaching job, are they doing that? I would have loved to have been in there. Probably could have been able to assess the situation pretty quick. Did he have his hands in his pockets while he was sitting down? Just bad, bad leadership all around. I... Leadership is is in a lot of ways a definition. It, it's it's an overused term. Too many people have been given the leadership tag when they're probably not. What is leadership? What is leadership? To me, when I think of leadership, I think of somebody like Ray Lewis. Let's say the guy dominated that Baltimore locker room. People had to go talk to him when it came to football, right? Like, that's the kind of leader I think about. Who else is a leader? Who's been a really good team? Maybe somebody like Jalen Hurts on the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a leader, right? So what what is it? What is a leader? Do you feel like the Lakers have a leader? I don't feel like there is. And... This is kind of where we're at right now. Got to weather the storm, I guess. 
for right now indeed, but the storm continues into Oklahoma City as the Los Angeles Lakers face off tomorrow, as we're still talking here tonight on Friday night, face off tomorrow against the Oklahoma City Thunder. What are your thoughts, my friend, on the Oklahoma City Thunder, what we need to do to get the victory? Again, they were playing at a team that's second place in the Western Conference, doing very well, exceeding expectations. Once again, the challenge is tough, especially with the fact that we've got a date against Boston Celtics. And by the time you know Christmas is over, we could be under 500. Based off of their current, uh, they, they were competitive in, in the Minnesota game. Uh, I, I was pleased by that. We know that Josh Giddy won't be available tomorrow. That guy seems to always give us some problems. So now you're going to have to worry about the, u- the usual suspects, you know, Chet Holmgren and Shea Gilgis Alexander and guys like Dort as well. But I, for them to weather this storm correctly, they're going to have to win tomorrow. And they're going to have to win on Christmas Day to make up for a little bit of the, the bad that's gone on the last 10 days. Who the hell drinks 40 ounces anymore? What are we, 12? They That's what they do, what, 32? They do 44 these days. That's as far as for the soft drinks. The sodas out there, the world, what now they come, what, in big, large cans for the most part, especially those energy drinks, man. Those energy well, I drinks. saw those something are- very, very, very sad. Uh months ago uh i i passed by a high school what my the high school that my kids would have been qualified to go to had they decided to go there which they're not because i didn't like the ambiance of the school my wife thought i was a snob i'm like i don't like the way the kids look walking back and forth from the crosswalk they're like joe those are the ones that are not doing anything the ones that are doing something are over there i'm like no these kids are in the same classrooms as our kids and if, if the teacher has to spend 90% of their time teaching these slobs, uh, I don't want that to be it. Now, I'm there and I'm seeing a bunch of kids. This is 7 in the morning, G. 7 in the morning buying monsters. I'm buying not surprised. Monsters. So if, if you all are wondering why things are not good from a societal thing it ain't gonna it doesn't look like getting better folks i'm seeing 14 year olds drinking more sugar than what any soda can will give you any pepsi or coke that monster stuff destroys your body so did you, you did you used to drink some uh, cold 45s back in the day dante's no, asking no i never drank cold 45 i w- i drank uh when i was in the fraternity we had certain things in the fraternity where uh, I would, I would, they would buy a, a Mickey's or something and we would, we would drink it on a dare. I'm not really a, a big beer drinker. I'm not really a big drinker in general. I'm a social drinker. So if I have friends over or we're at a, at a bar or at a restaurant, I'll drink, but I'm, I don't really ever come home and drink. You were you were kind of a little on the edge that one night uh, after I think you, cause you had, you had said that actually on the air that you had had a, we a little bit too many. I think it was uh, when you were visiting it. Was it Arizona or was it the Detroit one? 
Uh, I, I don't remember. I think it was the Arizona one. I think it was the Arizona trip you were there. Yeah, you had okay. You were I came on the air. You weren't planning to oh. come on the air. You came on the air. Yeah, you were like, yeah. Was that that, that was a little? Was that the little. one in the parking lot? No, that was not the one. You had actually. It was a hotel room. You actually had come into a hotel. You had a oh, hotel room. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, my definition of drinking too much is probably different. You looked like you were a little sauced. Yeah, I can drink. I could drink a lot and not really be affected too much. I, I, I can, and I can. It adds. It enhances uh, the wits a little bit, but more often than not. Uh, yeah. They're asking you to liquor up now. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe after Christmas, maybe after the new year, we'll, uh, we'll have a few beers while we're on. The okay. Show. I'll let him enjoy his mini bar. It's probably right. The one that's, I've always wanted to know what's in that dresser right behind him. Now we know. It's, it's, a, a, it's a bed. Mini bar would be right behind you. It's a bed. Okay. Sure. That's it is. what it is. It is. <laughs> We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. It is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrow along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching. Listen, big crowd tonight for a Friday night for a non-pre or post-game show. We truly appreciate you joining us. If you have not yet liked and subscribed, please do so to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air, like tomorrow for the pre-game and post-game right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Plus, join us during the game, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Alan says, if sober Joe tells the truth, a drunk Joe must ruin lives. <laughs> the scale always changes depending on the day, how much sauce you have. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're all human at the end of the day. Sometimes we're a little bit more emotional than other times, but uh, losing tends to probably give me more headaches he was smoking a cigar mission 24 when he was in the uh, jacuzzi i don't think you were drinking you were were you i was drinking i had a a, a drink yeah i just didn't show it enough but uh yeah the cigar was pretty potent too i remember getting out of the uh the, the, the jacuzzi and that 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 happens when you smoke a cigar with all that heat it tends to make things a little bit more woozy for you uh so well, let's let's hope everybody uh you know stays in control with the eggnog here in the next couple of days. But before we head on out, Joe, want to go ahead and mention again Oklahoma City, and then you've got Boston on Christmas Day. This is not an easy task, and the Lakers have not set themselves set themselves up for success so far, coming off a five out of six losing game streak here. They've got to get at least one of these two. I think that I will be happy at this this point in time if the Lakers write themselves and get one out of these two. I think it might be actually on on Christmas Day with Boston. They'll probably sneak by them just because maybe Boston might be distracted or whatnot. But winning in Oklahoma City has always been tough for us, my friend. Yeah, but they're going to need to make up some ground here. By winning tomorrow would be a good start. And, of course, beating the Celtics uh, on Christmas would definitely help. That would be great. I'd love both games, absolutely. By the way, uh, Kurt, yes, I, I do favor whiskey. 
whether it's Jameson, whether it's Honey Jack or Jack and Denton General, tend to kind of veer towards whiskey. Uh, but yeah, the Lakers. We're gonna see if if their their excuses can come to a head here. I'm uh, I'm I'm just I I if we weren't doing the show I I would tune it out. But this is something we have to discuss. I can't stand excuses. Excuses are the older you get, the more excuses become uh, a nuisance that needs to be squashed much like a cockroach in your house. Okay. That's how I look at excuses. It doesn't matter if it's a good excuse or not. It's still an excuse. So if the Lakers go 0-2, my friend, do you think the rumors and innuendo on ham, I know as uh, was mentioned earlier, the ham odds are already out there on replacement, but you, you know, it really doesn't start to become a little bit heated until you hear the shams or you you see the Twitter goes as far as the actual reporters out there start talking a little bit, murmuring a little bit more and more and more about it. The Lakers close out the month and the year, which uh, as far as the calendar year, Charlotte back at Minnesota and back at New Orleans. If they end up winning only the Charlotte game, my friend, out of that, that's one in four. That'll put them squarely, you know, three games, you know, two, three games under 500. And that's not a good sign, my friend. That yep. That's when I think the real heat may start. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, some of the odds that I've seen listed are just uh, astronomically stupid. I don't, yeah. I don't know if they're factoring in that. Well, they just want you to bet on it. So it's well, the next coach, they're saying the next coach, which means that this would have to be something that would likely have to happen after the year's over. There's there's odds of Billy Donovan, Mike Brown. I'm like, what are you talking about? These guys are coaching teams already. And there was even one for Skip Bayless. That was kind of funny. Uh, I don't know. Happy birthday, Jeff. We didn't even know. Happy birthday, Jeff. Wishing you all the best on a belated happy birthday from us. Joe? Happy birthday. Excuse me. (laughs) Hey, Jeff, how you doing? Yes, let's go Dodgers. I need a World Series, please, in, in a year. Please give us a World Series. Dave, Dave Roberts, don't F this up, please. Uh, looking at the odds of w- what candidates are available. Um, <sighs> I know you said Stotts. Stotts is the only real name name that could actually come in right away because he's not doesn't have anything. Yeah, and, and will LeBron listen to him? See, that's the other problem is – did did uh, LeBron there's, there's, did Giannis and and Lillard listen to Stotts? Maybe that's why he got railroaded. In and that's Milwaukee. probably why these guys are on eggshells. You know, they can't be too deliberate with these prima donnas, maybe, and 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 then they get bounced. So we don't have a, a Pat Riley that can combat that with some kind of a culture, right? It's unfortunate. I don't know, Rondo. I think in a lot of ways is similar to the whole infatuation with Luke Walton. I I, I like Rondo. I've told you this. For I, I like years. Rondo, but I, I don't feel like Rondo. I is think he'll going, be a good coach in the league. I, I don't think he'll be a good coach in the NBA. I disagree. I've seen the way I've seen the way he's spoken to. He has none to do I, with I mentor. I've seen how he mentors kids. I've he, seen it. He doesn't. It has nothing to do with such that. A great, he's got a great basketball mind. He does, right? but that's not good. It's not enough. It's not enough to to, to to enhance players' feel for you. The 
Rondo's the kind of guy that'll probably call you a schmucky when you do a dumb move, and then you're going to get all butthurt, and you're going to want him gone. You're dealing with prima donnas. You're dealing with uh, schoolgirls sometimes with these players in the NBA. Kenny Atkinson, uh, solid choice, but uh, he I don't know. Not enough, not enough pizzazz. The Lakers are stuck. There's really not a coach out there really that would probably make a difference at this point. You would have to have a coach that was so thorough in his ability to run a system, run a system in a way where he can enhance every single one of his rotational players to the point where they're getting what they want in those in that system. That's the only way. It's the only way. Who is able to do that? Who has a system right now that could that the Lakers could take advantage of? And will LeBron allow himself to run that system? Remember, I keep repeating this. LeBron James is Peyton Manning. He's not Tom Brady in terms of the system. LeBron is wanting to run his own thing. He wants to run his own thing no matter how much he talks about the coach if, if he does in general. I'm just going to say this when it comes to Rondo. I mean, I think he probably would have already had a job in the league, but didn't he have uh, some, I don't know, domestic violence or some some type of uh, legal issue that just might have uh, precluded as far as it's concerned during the tail end of his career right after he was with, with when he was with Cleveland? Rondo will never last in the NBA. Those charges got dropped, but that they were there, Jeff. That's... Rondo will never. He'll be. He could be an assistant coach. He will, and he might get a shot at being a head coach. I think he he'll will, get a shot. I think he he'll will get a never shot. be successful as a head coach unless he gets a unicorn like a Tim Duncan to coach someone where he can ream that guy and everyone else has to get in line. That's it. There is. There's no other way. Rondo will make people cry. He will not last. Maybe they should. Maybe he should. It doesn't work like that because there's this such a limited amount of talent, out of this world talent like Giannis, Durant in his prime, LeBron in his prime. It's just not going to work. I don't want to argue with Joe tonight. It's getting close to Christmas, Kurt, so I'm not even going to mention what, what you put in there. So Becky Hammond is too high strung to be an NBA coach. Sorry, I folks. think she'll do well. I think she would no, do well as a NBA well. coach. No, that, that's all. I'll leave it that. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to argue with you. It's not an argue. argument. It's it's fact. It is an argument. It's, it's No, just because it comes from it. you, it's if not Popovich, always fact. If Popovich believed she would have been great, she'd be coaching the San Antonio Spurs. Guys, it's not that complicated. It's just not that complicated. <laughs> she's a lap player. Maybe she would. <laughs> Maybe she has. We don't know. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue it's too close to Christmas. I'm not going to do it. Jeff, uh, he has his thoughts. It's already you, It's already back in the archives. We've already had our major discussion about it. So I'll leave it at that. No, we're not going to keep going. But I think Rondo. I think Rondo would be an excellent coach for the Lakers. This, I think he's, you know what, they need, but I also need talent. They also need better talent around them that's obviously better fitting for this team because, you know, Zangerstein has been pleading in the comments continuously about the offense being inept, which it is, the shooting being inept, which for the most part it is. The fast break, the transition, it's not what it once was like last season. The fact the Lakers are not going to the free throw line as frequently, you and I both see that. Things have got to change, my friend. This team, the way it's playing right now, is playing like a middling 500 team. Yeah, it's 
it, it does come down to shot making and they're not doing that and they're struggling on offensive rebounds which are absolute killers in the momentum of a game uh maybe the deficiencies of darvin ham's systems if you call it that wouldn't be as visible if they were doing those two things that they should be doing i'm curious to see if they'll ever do it this doesn't look like they're going to do it if they don't start rebounding correctly, they're not – won't matter anyways. True. Good point indeed. And thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Please like and subscribe. If you're watching this after the fact, please leave a comment below. It helps all those YouTube algorithms and the YouTube-isms and all the other isms that are out there. But truly appreciate the support, Jeff. Check out Jeff's channel. Like I always say, subscribe today to Empire Jeff TV. Also as well, Lakers Corner, where you can find Joe and I had a very spirited conversation with some very pointed Darvin Ham opinions on his channel, Lakers Corner. Plus also as well, of course, Larry Lakers Dribbling Chit Chat, Lakers in Five, the John McCallion channel, all great channels. And if you get a chance, please like and subscribe to our channel as well, indeed. But Joe, my friend, I appreciate you stopping by tonight. You know, still off the glory of the Dodgers and the uh, Yamamoto and the Otani. And I'm somewhere I could hear Laker Tom in Northern California screaming out of his backyard, No, my Yankees only signed Soto this offseason. Any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? Yeah, F the Yankees. <laughs> They've effed themselves. Hal, keep doing what you're doing. Yep, they got that check. You're making making your pop roll over in his grave over and over again. Keep doing what you're doing. The spirit of the Yankees is dying, and the only way to really start putting a a, a mud stop on that officially is the league. The Dodgers need to start winning some World Series. Careful what you wish for, Alan. When you say you'll take anyone over Ham, careful what you wish for. We're not the evil empire, Jeff. You can't become the evil empire unless you win the title. Like and the, it, the Dodgers have left way too many titles on the table. They should be sitting on at least three in this era. And with Roberts, you're still not convinced, are you? No, I don't trust Roberts as long as, as far as I can throw him. They better win, Jeff. They better win. They better win. I have – and. Kershaw needs to not come back because you know I want him to finish as a Dodger. I just don't trust Dave Roberts. He'll put him in a high-pressure situation and screw everything up like he screwed up three years in the last four with that stuff. I don't want it. I don't want any more stupid decisions to be made by Dave Roberts. If this is going to be a money ball decision, if you're going to keep using the excuse that he's listening to Friedman from the dugout, then you might as well just let uh, you might might as well just bring back Justin Turner as a player coach and let him manage the team because I, I, I can't talk about what, looking at, at, at the, the uh, a flaccid demeanor. Dave Roberts is the king of that. He makes Darvin Ham look like a uh, Doug Mo. So let me ask you this, Joe. Before we end on out, JSJ, great to have you here, JSJ. Sam Cassell, Nate McMillan, Kenny Atkinson, those aren't good candidates. Nate McMillan, you saw what kind, what he did in Atlanta to get himself run out of uh, that city. So I'm not sure that, that McMillan would be a good choice at this point in time in his career. Cassell, he falls in under that same tree as Ham. You know, he's had several 
assistant coaching jobs, but never has gotten the big prize. Why is it? Why hasn't he gotten that opportunity as of yet? And Kenny Atkinson, you know, he's really good taking, you know, teams that, that are people don't have the expectations for into a much better spot, but can he get them over the hump? He's never been able to get a team into a spot or been maybe given the opportunity to not get a team over the hump as far as at a higher level. He's gotten teams into the playoffs. He's gotten overachieving teams, but he's never been able to get those teams to the next step because he's either been replaced or other circumstances have happened. So your thoughts, my friend, on those candidates before we head on out. But I, it's a good, good, good point, JSJ. Good point. But Sam Cassell, I mean, I, I'm not, I've heard nothing but good things. He seems to be on a lot of different winning teams. He's on Boston now, I think, as far as an assistant coach, but he's never gotten the big no, chair yet. No, it's too late, guys. There's the one up there. Yeah, there's no one out there. And I don't think there's anybody gonna. I don't think anybody's gonna be out there end of the year either. Okay. You guys, you guys all know who I wanted, and yes, and do. that's that's central casting in terms of demeanor, central casting as far as success. Uh, someone who runs a phenomenal system. Uh, whether that would resonate with 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 today with the NBA, maybe Jay Wright knows he. He wouldn't be able to connect with these guys, and you know he he did his he did his he did his duty and was one of the best college coaches of the last twenty years, and ran off went off into the sunset. And I think that's that was a good decision on his part. I I, I like everything. I want it all. I want the guy that looks like he's a beast, who executes like a beast, and isn't phased by winning even when he does it, looks like he already knows that that's what he's supposed to do. Okay. But there's not a lot of those guys around. It's the Mike Malone's now where they're at a parade and they're still worried about what the other team is doing. Just slobs. Okay. I'm just saying, because again, if people are going to fire, if we're going to fire Darvin Ham, which a lot of us are pretty content on, we have to have a replacement and just no one sticks out. No one individual out there just says that's the guy that Palenka needs to go for. And that's, that's the problem. The, none of them I think would dramatically get like LeBron full favor as far as being, yeah, that's the guy we got to get. That's the guy that's going to turn around for us because the Lakers do have shortcomings and deficiencies when they throw lineups out there. It's how you cover for those deficiencies and use your strengths to your advantage. I just don't see that enough with the lineups that Ham throws out there this year. Yeah, he's there's a statistic where Torian Prince tends to shoot better when he plays less than 27 minutes a game. When he starts to veer into the late 30s, his shot goes down. Yeah. Uh, is he not getting those statistics? If they're running a lot of analytics, I mean, the eye test will tell you enough that you would think the eye test would be enough. You should know, aren't you? You're the coach. Too many minutes. Way too many minutes. You're the coach. You're supposed to uh, probably notice that. I mean, if we're watching the games from our living room in our underwear, don't you think? You know, we notice it. Don't you think you should notice it? With you know, you standing there and. Well, we talked about it the other day when when AD got hurt and rolled his ankle and he bothered to not call a timeout. As So what happened, LeBron ended up you know, creating a turnover because he thought AD was just fine. 
We want everyone oh, gone. We want thing? everyone gone. We wanted Byron Scott gone. We wanted uh, Vogel gone. We wanted uh, D'Antoni gone. We wanted Luke Walton gone. What 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 fairy tale coach is going to make this team happy? What? Who are we gonna get? Have you noticed the trend? We're not just talking about the NBA here. We, we just crapped on Dave Roberts. I've been crapping on Mike Tomlin. Maybe coaching in sports is just not good anymore. Fan bases just don't like coaching. In yeah, general. we don't like coaching anymore because there's so so many are so bad at what they do. It, what's the real reason? The what's a coach reason, that you admire right now? I love Nick Saban. Nick Saban, yes. Yeah, Nick Saban <laughs> is my guy. Um, I love Nick Saban. I really like Mike McDaniel out of Miami. It's hard. It's hard to find. I love Bruce Bochy in baseball. Uh, always loved Bruce Bochy, even when he was in San What about Diego. basketball, though? Uh, basketball. I know we've talked about Jamal Mosley in, in high favor right now because he's done uh, you know, a pretty good job with the Orlando Magic. I know, uh, you know there's a lot of people out there that have uh, given great favor to the Minnesota coach. Uh, also, it's a great favor to what's going on in Oklahoma City at this point in time. But I don't hear you ever saying that, man, that's a coach we need to have. That's a coach we need to have on our team. That's a coach that needs to coach the Lakers. I don't hear you say that much. No, um, it's hard. It's hard because there's so many moving parts. I, I really, really liked Will Hardy last year. I, I really admire uh, how, but not this year. <laughs> it, it, it's not so much that I don't like him this year. I just think he was he was a guy that just started with not really a lot of tools to work with, and he had his team as a as a one seed. What two months in? What's changed? Just like anything else, at some point the talent base is going to come down to earth and show its true colors. It's difficult to it's difficult to coach in the NBA. It's very difficult. And however, if you're the LA Lakers, it's still not an excuse. You have to find the right combination. And if if LeBron was going to be a deterrent to that, then you have to sit down with LeBron and really say, "Hey, look, who is who would you want us to bring in? Who was a guy that's going to inspire you? That's out there." If he says, "I don't know," go get whatever you think is good. Then okay, that's a different story. But I think that might have needs to. That is an important part of this. It's an important part of what is it going to take to bring somebody that can do the things that you don't want to do as players, meaning making sure you motivate the right guys. And then it sucks that you have to motivate people that are making millions of dollars. But that's the case. But can you limit? the stars headaches as much as you can because that's ultimately what what kind of cramps these guys out when the pressure of winning like let's say someone like lebron and ad pressure of winning is always there they're the big stars they've getting more interviews they got more stuff they got to do versus the guy next to them you know the way to balance that out is for the coach to to make sure the other guys are, are, are know what they're doing for example uh when the Bulls were playing the Lakers in the finals in 91. Phil Jackson tells Michael Jordan, Mike, Paxson's open. Get him the ball. Oh, he is? Okay. Boom. Gives him the ball, starts making shots. Oh, okay, cool. Boom. Boom. 
boom. Son of a bitch didn't miss fuck freaking the whole damn series. So that's that's the coach that you want. You want the coach that's gonna that gonna gonna enhance his star's ability to perform, limit their headaches, because they're already dealing with their own headaches. But we don't have that. And most teams don't. But being a Laker team that's supposed to be a title contender, I think the Lakers needed to put a little bit more effort in getting the correct coach here, and they didn't do it again. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrow along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thank you again for watching and listening, and we want to wish you the happiest of holidays this season, where you celebrate Christmas or not. We wish you a tremendous time always this time of the year. Hopefully you and your family stay safe and happy throughout the rest of the calendar year. It is, of course, the Lakers heading in tomorrow into Oklahoma City. We'll be back to cover it all tomorrow on the pregame. And then, of course, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. During the game, you get to hear Joe explicit and uncut Shawnee, a.k.a. Magic Man Sean Grice, explicit and uncut. You'll see Laker Nick there and more right there. Playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. And then, of course, the postgame. Best post game on the Lakers is always right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But Joe, uh, great to have you here on a Friday night, late night. Thought we'd throw one out there for you. Looks like we had a good crowd earlier. Still a great crowd now. Any last thoughts, my friend, before we head on out? No. That's what I thought. All right. A Zanger sign says, yes, look at the Clippers just had a nine-game winning streak. Lately, they didn't, they don't even have a point guard. Okay. I uh, thought that's what James Harden's role was, but okay. Uh, High-level coach would not lose to the Spurs, Knicks, and the Bulls. Well, I agree with you there. Absolutely. I'm afraid of all this explicit, uncut content. Well, come on over to playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break, Kurt, and you will hear it explicitly and uncut. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. Truly appreciate it. We will see you tomorrow for the game against the Lakers and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Will the Lakers end their holiday road trip on a good note? Will they find some mistletoe that will help them out and get them in a good mood and a good spirit, some eggnog? Or will they find a lump of coal in their stocking? We will find out as Joe hopefully will not be a Grinch tomorrow. We'll see. We'll find out. But I kind of think everybody wants him to be a Grinch anyway. Joe, we need a rant. We need a rant, Joe. We need a rant. We need a rant. Hopefully it's a good rant. Well, we'll see. Will the Grinch come out this Christmas? We'll find out if it comes out on Monday and if it comes out tomorrow as the Lakers head into Oklahoma City. He said no, Mission 24. We'll find out. Come tomorrow. But join us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.